Hello, welcome back. This is episode 28 of the Perfectly Imperfect podcast, and this is your host, Leslie Regalado. I am excited for you guys to listen to today's story. Bafna Jane is our special guest, and she is going to share how she took her passion for art and turned it into a business that she loves. I hope that you enjoy the advice that she's going to share, um, the story that she's going to share with us, and just some tips, again, on how to turn your passion for whatever is your passion into a business that you love. I hope that you're inspired to take action and that you go out there and just make it your best life ever. All right, enjoy. A really um, cool guest, really interesting guest. She has a really awesome story um, from what I've been reading, and I'm excited to learn more about her and for you guys too as well. Her name is Bafna Jane. So welcome, Bafna, to the Perfectly Imperfect podcast. Hi, everybody. Okay, so um, just if you wouldn't mind, Bafna, sharing a little bit about yourself so our listeners can kind of get to know you, and then we'll get a little deeper as we uh, continue asking Absolutely. questions. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you, Leslie, um, for having me on um, on your podcast. Um, this is sort of my first podcast. So I'm really excited about sharing my story on this type of um, platform for everybody. Um, but a little bit about myself. Um, again, my name is Bhavna and um, I'm CEO and lead designer of my brand called Bhav. And uh, this is a women's wear contemporary uh, clothing brand um, based here in Chicago. And the line is really inspired um, sort of by the rich diversity of, of South Asian heritage fabrics. Um, I'm South Asian myself. My parents are immigrants from India. And so, um, you know, the, a lot of the pieces that I'm designing are, um, you know, Western silhouettes, but they incorporate a lot of, um, again, uh, in South Asian inspired um, fabrics. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of fusing them into the designs. And um, these are all types of designs that can easily be uh, incorporated um, into women's daily lives. Awesome. And if you guys are listening, I'm going to, you know, go ahead and link up her site and her info to this because she has some really cool clothing. So if anyone is interested, you guys can definitely reach out to her after this. Um, okay, Bhavna, so how did you get into, like, pursuing this dream of yours of fashion design, of just designing and having your own life? Yeah, so it's um, kind of an interesting story. Um, so I, um, for those who don't know, I'm actually a pharmacist by profession. I'm still currently practicing, but doing it part time. And um you know, as I, um, when I was younger, I, I come from a background of healthcare um, uh, professionals. My father is a physician. And so growing up, I felt like, you know, that was what I wanted to do as well, because I, you know, I looked up to him. And so that was really a big influence in my life. Um, and so, but on the other hand, I also had this, you know, big passion for, you know, art. Um, you know, you could always find me, you know, drawing or painting or doing something, you know, designing. And so I just loved everything about that aspect um, of art. Um, but, you know, I always considered it as a hobby and really not a career um, that I was ever going to really pursue. And then also growing up, um, you know, in an Asian um, household, um, you know, science and um, math is very emphasized um, in our mm -hmm. culture. And so 
um, you know, I think for them, it's um, more of choosing a career that um, has stability. And so, um, mm -hmm. so again, you know, I, I just, again, used art as sort of a creative outlet and just something that I just really enjoyed uh, growing up. And so when it was time, you know, to uh, go to school, um, college and figure out sort of a career path. Um, again, I think it was a little bit of um, family influence of like kind of try to stick with something that's, um, you know, has stability, um, something that you can sort of make a career out of. And so I continued on, you know, to the healthcare, um, on the healthcare track um, in college and um, made a last minute lateral move um, into pharmacy actually. Um, but, you know, I went to pharmacy school, I graduated and um, I started, you know, working as a pharmacist thinking like this was going to be my calling for the rest of my life. And it wasn't until a few years into, you know, my pharmacy career that I just really started to feel like something was missing. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, you know, just kind of um, started looking for some sort of creative outlet, kind of going back to my roots of like what I really sort of enjoy doing on my off time. And um, that's kind of how I uh, found the fashion design program at College of DuPage. And I um, enrolled in that as you know, again, something to um, kind of explore on the side while I was working full-time in pharmacy. And a few years into the program, I kind of realized like this was something that I really wanted to pursue. And I started putting the pieces together um, for my uh, brand. And it took about three years to um, go through that process. And then back in March of 2018, I launched my original label, um, which was Bobby J Designs. So um, that's kind of uh, a summary of, of sort of my journey <laughs> getting into getting to now. That's awesome. You know what? I think it's so interesting that you started um, the, the creative side of, of your career as just something yeah. to just kind of like try you mm -hmm. know most people go to school because they have like this goal and for you it was just something like well let me try it out and obviously it turned into something more you know for for sure yeah but I love how it kind of transitioned and it wasn't like I'm leaving this to do this it was like well you know I got some time let me just kind of explore some of my options right and yeah. it's amazing how when we follow our passion and what we really love doing, like it can really lead us into what our true calling is. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was at an, I was, um, at a point in my life where I was really fortunate, you know, I had, um, obviously a stable job in pharmacy and I had really nothing else that was tying me down. And so, yeah, as you said, like, it was just something that I came back to that I really did enjoy, um, something in art and something new that I wanted to explore and, um, and yeah, it turned out to, um, uh, you know, lead me to a path of something that I think I, you know, might transition out of pharmacy at some point and uh, do this full time. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, quick question, Bhavna, was because you came from, you know, a family that obviously I think like most, I don't think there's many families that are like, yeah, go into some kind of arts, you know, mm -hmm. career. most people are like, get stable jobs, you yeah. know, and then if you want, kind of play with whatever else you want. So how, what, how did like your family or the people that, you know, obviously care about you the most, what was their reaction when all this was happening? <clears throat> so actually, um, surprisingly, um, I think things were different um, because I 
had a career in pharmacy and then I was exploring um, like a passion. Um, okay. I, uh, they were very supportive and, um, you know, my father actually encouraged me to um, have something um, that you enjoy. Um, again, I think he considered it more of a hobby at the time. And so <laughs> never really. Right. He's like, awesome. Yeah. It's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, everyone should have something that they, you know, love to do on the side. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I think things were different. Um, I think things would have been different if I had wanted to pursue it in college. Um, I don't know if I would have gotten the full support at that time. I think the things that, uh, the thing that put them at ease more was that, you know, she has um, a, uh, a career in pharmacy. So if the business doesn't work out for some reason or if things change in life, I always have, um, you know, another career to turn back to. So um, so I think that gives them a little bit of um, uh, relief, I guess, in a sense. Um, yes. But again, I mean, they have been supportive. I've been doing this now for three years and um they have been fully supportive, um, you know, of me dropping down to part time and, and again, uh, kind of pursuing this and see and, and seeing where it goes. So that's awesome. But yeah, I, I think I think what you said is completely correct. You know, I think a lot of parents just because their job is to, you know, protect us and care for us and kind of show us the way, you know, so them seeing that you have that security blanket. I guess Absolutely. You call it, you know, yeah. Where, with your job, it's yeah. like, all right, you know, if anything happens, that's, yeah. that, right, that's there, right. that's there to, to give that security. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fun. That's fun to hear. Um, now, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've had as an entrepreneur? Um, obviously, coming from working, you know, like a, a regular, I guess you can call it not a corporate job. Yeah, absolutely. Job. Um, so, the, yeah, there have been quite a few challenges, but, um, you know, I'll just highlight um, kind of um, some of them. I think the biggest challenge really um, for me as an entrepreneur was really um, lacking um, a background in marketing and business. Um, and again, I come from a science background and there's a lot of things that are pretty much black and white, you know, in the, in yeah. the science, yes. um, you know, <laughs> Uh, area. I mean, there's a little bit, you know, that you sort of have to use your clinical judgment when you're seeing patients. But for the most part, you know, if somebody comes in with something, we know like which type of drugs to give and, you know, we should get this solution. Right. But um, but right. with, you know, with business, it's um, it's a whole different arena. And um, I think the thing that I found really interesting was, um, you know, when I went to design school, um, you know, they, they obviously are teaching you a lot of the technicalities of design, you know, how the basics of sewing, um, constructing garments, um, you know, everything that comes with that. Um, but they really don't spend a lot of time in teaching you how to sell your products, which is, I mean, important. Um, um, I mean, that could be a lot of, you know, the bread and butter of a lot of, you know, people's products. Obviously, you have to understand how to market it. Um, to a certain audience and, um, you know, everything that comes with marketing and advertising for it. And um, so, yeah, so that was a, a really big challenge because, you know, you're one focusing on, um, you know, your designs, um, you know, going through the whole process of creating the design and choosing fabrics and everything else. And then when it comes time to actually sell it, that's a whole different, you know, um, a, a challenge in itself. Um, so that was, that was a really big, um, 
thing that I had to learn. Um, and, you know, I had to uh, kind of look at a lot of other different brands and try to understand um, what their strategies were. Also talking to other designers, seeing what um, different sales outlets they were using and things like that. And, um, you know, just really, again, starting to network with people and um, learning the whole like, you know, marketing business aspect of it. Um, and another thing that I um, sort of thought was really challenging for me was I didn't have an established network in fashion. Um, again, coming from a science background, um, I had no reason really to, you know, network with other people. Um, and so that was also something that was challenging. Um, you know, I had to kind of step outside of my own comfort zone and, um, you know, again, I had to, um, ask the questions of where do you find fabrics in Chicago? How do you, um, you know, all the basics, you know? And so that was, that was pretty challenging. Um, and I think that's always the hardest. Don't you agree? Like that beginning oh, yeah. part of this figuring out like the, the basics, like the, the main basics of, like you said, I mean, if I'm going to design a mm -hmm. fabric, if, you know, just the, the, the bare minimum of just starting something, I think that's probably what holds many people back from, continuing like that right there is like a big old wall that people unfortunately allow to stop them a, absolutely you know, a lot of times. now now for you bob Nye, i i hear like all these challenges and i'm just curious how like was this to, as you were figuring this out and you were you know overcoming these obstacles and going over them around them through them whatever it is that you did what what did you find yourself doing um that that you felt helped you out you said you know you were networking so like how did you like find people I'm just kind of curious because um when with my business currently like even you know with reaching out you mm -hmm. know with you and, and with other women that I'm interviewing you know there's I feel like there's a lot of avenues of doing that now but I don't know if that's the same in the design industry or if that's a little different like what were things that you did that you yeah um so I, you know, I, I just kind of jumped on, you know, Google, as I think as most people would. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just kind of, That's you, just kinda, you know, start typing so many things of like, how do you start a fashion business? Or how do you, you know, and, and it's That's honestly awesome. just like just searching and searching and finding, um, you know, a hit um, or something that looks interesting that can lead you to something else that can lead you to something else. And then I think, you yeah. know, the next big, thing, next big, big thing is then to actually take the time out and, and reach out to that person, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people can, as you said, like the fear of, like, oh, what is this person going to think of me if I ask for help or if I ask a question? Um, and you just kind of have to put that behind you because if you're not going to ask the questions, you're not going to get the answers, right? And um, right. and right. so, yeah, you know, I, I think I had to overcome that too. And, you know, in the process, you're going to meet people who are going to probably never answer you and shut you down. But then you're also going to meet people who are willing to talk to you and give their time and, you know, want to help other, you know, entrepreneurs and such. And so, and I was, you know, again, I came, I came across a lot of that. I came across people who didn't want to respond, but then I came across people um, who are very open to, um, you know, sharing their knowledge and sharing their experiences because they all went through the same exact thing. So I think once you find those certain people, um, and again, I found like a really great mentor um, uh, 
you know, again, just, and I think I found her through like Facebook who knew the, um, the design director at College of DuPage. So then that, that familiarity made me comfortable to be like, okay, this is somebody that I can possibly, you know, ask questions for and things like that. So, so that's, um, so that was one thing. And, and honestly, the, um, this whole thing about social media, Facebook, Instagram, I mean, it has changed the game of um, entrepreneurship and networking in such a major way. And it's amazing. And, Honestly, as you, as I said, like three years ago, this is when I launched my business. I really think that Instagram and a lot of these social platforms have just um, exploded after that time period. And so um, Mm -hmm. it really makes the network, the, of networking very small and very approachable. I mean, you can contact so many people over Instagram and Facebook and just introduce yourself. And most likely you will get a response back, you know, and, and a friendly response, which is very inviting and welcoming. So. Okay, so allow me to interrupt just for a couple minutes. I am just here to personally invite you to to head on over to Facebook groups and in the search bar type in We Lead Society. That's W-E space L-E-A-D space S-O-C-I-E-T-Y. It's a Facebook group that I recently created and is just a community of phenomenal women that are just ready to embrace all of their greatness, all of their power to just, you know, just live their best life. That's really my desire for you is that whatever tools, whatever advice, whatever I share from my own experiences, that somehow it blesses you to, you know, inspires you to go out there and really just give whatever the heck you want to give a try to give it a try because I believe that you will never know unless you try so for the woman who knows she was created for greatness and is ready to believe she's ready to trust and to take action right away you are the reason that we lead society was created we lead helps women like yourself discover the exciting possibilities that are available and waiting for you We understand that you are ready to believe in yourself more than ever before. We know that you are ready to hold on to your vision and trust the process because now you know that when you do the work, the results do come. We are here to just cheer you on and celebrate you as you let go of all the excuses and do whatever is necessary to move you closer and closer to your goals. We are ready and here to teach you unique daily habits and behaviors that can have life-changing impact in all areas of your life. We will offer you personalized action steps that will lead you to discovering how powerful you truly are. You will learn that you can not fail you only learn grow and become better and and better every single day so i pray and hope that you know you head on over right away you click on join once you find the facebook group and i'll be waiting i'll be waiting there for you i'll be waiting there to share everything that i invest so much time energy and money to learn because i want 
whatever I've experienced, whatever wisdom and knowledge I've gained over the last 15 plus years of my self-growth journey, I hope that it takes you a fraction of the time to learn and develop and just, you know, become the best version of you a lot faster. I want you to be bigger and better and everything be faster for you because that's the whole idea that as we grow and we learn and we share that wisdom and that knowledge with others, that it could somehow help them out, help them get to their goal to, you know, from point A to point B a lot faster. So I'll be waiting for you. Head on over to We Lead Society and click join. Oh, I agree. And you know what the thing is, like, I I love what you said that you're going to get people that are not going to respond They're, You know, they might either be busy or unwilling or whatever the case is. But as long as you get just a handful, if that even like half a handful, two, three people that are willing to help out, like you don't need a whole bunch of people. Mm You know, like you said, you found that one mentor. I mean, really, you just need yeah. one mentor that has experienced what you're experiencing is w- and is willing. And what I have found, I don't know if you have found this as well, but what I have found is that most of the pretty successful people out there in whatever industry, when you reach out to them, I think maybe it's gratitude or it's, you know, they're humble or I don't, I don't know exactly why, but they're so yes. willing. Mm-hmm to like share their knowledge and they're not trying to like you know hoard it they're not trying to you know not share any of it like they want yes exactly yeah Mm -hmm. so I mean did you I did yeah I mean um as you said yeah there's I think the people who want to share um their knowledge with others are the ones that don't want to see other people make the same mistakes um they and it's really like a really nice collaborative environment like it's um and if you can find a space to be a part of that, it's it just makes things, um, I shouldn't say much easier, but just um, more comfortable for you because you always know that these are things um, that other people have gone through, and um, you know it's a safe and, and it's a safe and collaborative environment. Um, nobody's uh, hide, you know, keeping secrets or um, like, oh, you're going to steal this idea or you're going to steal that kind of thing. It's again, it's a very collaborative environment. So if someone can find that space to share ideas or, um, as you said, there's so many Facebook groups and, um, you know, a lot of uh, women entrepreneur groups and things like that, um, that can also help foster um, a really uh you know, safe and a place for networking and, and asking those questions that you might have. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I love what you said when it comes to social nowadays, it has seriously closed yeah. gaps that were out there, you know, because, and not only that, but I find, and I don't know if I'm naturally, I'm an introvert, so I'm not very like outgoing and like when it comes to like face to face, but I don't find it as difficult to get out of my comfort zone when I reach out via Facebook or via yes. text. So I guess a rejection just seems a little different. Like if they don't respond, right, yeah. you know, I don't mm-hmm. feel as bad yeah. <laughs> as if I were to call them and they were like, no, you know, I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, and I totally understand because I'm the same way too. And um, you know, it's uh, yeah, I agree with everything you just said there. <laughs> Yeah, I think social has really allowed those of us that are not Mm -hmm. as outgoing and as maybe naturally confident or come across as confident to really get ourselves out there and just kind of try like some territories to expand. And it helps helps build your confidence too in terms of um, reaching out to new people or, 
if you have um, a collaboration oh, yeah. idea and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, it's a, it's um, social media has definitely changed a lot of that as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the things like, let's say, you know, two or three things that you wish you would have known when you first got started, Bogna? you know, three years ago or even yeah, before then? Uh, quite a bit. But again, I'll, I'll stick with my top three here. <laughs> um, I definitely wish I would have known that um, that things will never be perfect, um, no matter how hard you're, you try for it to be. Um, but as long as because you're a perfectionist, right? Yes, I, I am that. a perfectionist. So yeah. Your responses. <laughs> which can be a good thing and a bad thing which at is, the same time. Which can be a good, yes. It could be your enemy or it could be like a really great thing. But in this case, right, totally right. But, but as long as you're getting things done, I think you just need to tell yourself that's okay. Um, at, well, from one of the mentors that I was mentioning, her name is Jane Hamill. Um, and she has a saying and it's called, perfect is good, but done is better. And Again, in the beginning, <laughs> yes. when I would listen to that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to always try to be perfect. But yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah I think after a while, when you just have 100 things coming at you, as long as you can just check off a few things off your list, like it, it, that just shows progression, right? That you're, you're getting things done. And yeah. at least that's better than, um, you know, we always achieve to be perfect. And, and, you know, and that's great. But again, if you're getting things done, that's even better. So, um, so yeah, so I think the perfectionist in me has, um, in the beginning, um, you know, I was like, I can, I can take care of it all. And I just have to be super organized. But, you know, <laughs> once things start piling up, it's like, okay, let me just see what I can get through in one day, you know, in 24 hours. And <laughs> um, so, yeah, so right. that was one thing. Um and I think the second thing that I wish I would have known is that, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that are out of your control. So it's always best to have a plan B, no matter what, even though you may, again, think that you have everything um, under control, uh, something's going to come up. And I would always like hear uh, on other, again, like, you know, readings or podcasts or talking to other designers, like, you know, you always have um, in your mind how you think something is going to go, but again, I mean, the world works in crazy ways. And the things that you hear that you're like, oh, that's never going to happen to me, right? It always <laughs> does. And, or, or right. they might just come in at some other, um, you know, nasty way or something. But um, always, always have a plan B. I don't, I don't even care if you think you were going to, you know, send an email or I, I don't even know what it is, but, but always have a plan B. <laughs> Now, have you noticed, Bhavna, that because you're perfectionist, I think those two kind of go hand in hand where being a perfectionist always also kind of means that we're like we're trying to always be in control. Yeah. So I love how you paired those up because, yes, like learning to, you know what, it's progress mm -hmm. over perfection. Number one. Number two, it's learning that, you know what, sometimes like you kind of just have to go. Right. With it yeah. Because otherwise, like you're going to you will crazy, yeah. you know, trying to get this thing, you know, perfect when. A lot of times we're like, we think we're in control, but we we're really not. are not. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> take a look at the events that are going on, um, you know, as we speak. I mean, that's just out of nobody's yeah. control. So, yeah, so you just have mm -hmm. to, as you said, go with it and, um, you know, and, and take each challenge um, as it comes. You know, sometimes you got to just step back and think of um, other options and, um, you know, you do the do the best you can. And, um, 
Yeah. And so then, and then the third thing that I really wish, um, again, that I would have known is that this, you know, whatever entrepreneurship opportunity you're working on or job or whatever it is, um, you know, it's really a 24 seven, uh, job. I mean, you're just gonna, you're, you're gonna eat, you're gonna breathe, (laughs) you're gonna sleep this, you're gonna cry, you're gonna like have moments of, um, joy. Um, but, I think, and you're going to experience emotions that you never thought, you know, were possible. But, but again, that just goes to show how much you care about whatever you're working on, you know, and, um, and, and that's a good thing, you know, and, um, and again, I, I don't think people realize it until they they're in it, you know, um, if you care about something so much, I mean, for a lot of people, they're, they're, um, their businesses like are their babies. You know what I mean? They have seen it from infancy and then in the growing stages, um, you know, and, and if it's, you know, it, it, at the successful stage, I mean, it's, it's like watching somebody grow. right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, yes. um, so yeah, I mean, you are, you are connected to it, you know, but that just shows how much you're willing to sacrifice for it to become what you want it to become. Absolutely. So, and I think it goes from, you know, there's a job, you know, there's like, I, I feel like there's three different things that you can do in life. Like you can work a job, which is fine. You punch in, you mm-hmm. punch out and you're good. And you don't think about it when you leave or anything like that. Then there's a career. You might think about it a little bit more, but it doesn't necessarily require as much of you. Like you can still kind of leave your career and kind of detach yourself. But then there's like a lifestyle. And I feel like that's yes. what, you know, having your own business, being an entrepreneur becomes, it's just, it's your lifestyle. There's no punching in, there's no punching out. It's like, you're done when you're no. done. Why? Because right, like you said, right. you care enough and you want to see this through. You're not going to like punch yes. out at five and just continue tomorrow. It's like, no, my creative juices are going right now. You know, Absolutely. let me like finish yeah. this off. So totally Absolutely. get what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, those are those are three things that I, I wish I would have known. And um, but yeah, again, I mean, these are these aren't necessarily like bad things that I things that I um, I think these are just things that I was I, it was inevitable to experience once things started. Right. So. And I think it all it matters so much about like who we are, like our personality wise. You know, I think there's like for me, like I'm very chill. Like I don't, you know, like things have to be good, but they don't have to be perfect. I don't, I'm like mm-hmm. relaxed, laid back. So, you know, with my personality, you know, when someone asks me this question, I'm like, you know, they're, it's completely different. But so I think it, it matters a lot who we are as a person when we mm-hmm. confront Absolutely. some of these things, because like in your case, if you like love to be in control, you usually are, you want everything to be like perfect because you value obviously what you're going to be pushing out so mm-hmm. right, I, it's, it could be different but I think it's something that we learn along the way and we learn and then we grow from it and which is what you know it sounds like you have done you've grown into like this person who can can go with it you you have that plan b you know you're learning that again progress over perfection and that's great because yeah I guess you know if you were trying to be perfect your business would be, would still be in the ideation stage and it wouldn't be going anywhere <laughs> right right exactly it would just be it would just be a thought still exactly. yeah and there would be no um execution you know? exactly exactly so um I guess 
the, the last thing I would want you to share is, is there any advice, anything you would want? Like if there's anyone that's listening who, whether they're in, you know, looking into the fashion industry or a different kind of industry when it comes to their goals and their dreams, is there anything that you would want to like tell someone that's maybe like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. Like, what if it doesn't work? Or what if I just suck at it? Like, what advice do you give people, you know, when they're kind of in that stage? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of factors, I think, um, that, you know, somebody should evaluate before, you know, they make a jump into entrepreneurship. And, and, um, you know, again, in terms of um, my personality, as you were just mentioning, um, I tend to be a very, like, analytical person. And, um, you know, I, I think about a lot of things, um, you know, And before I, again, before I personally execute and in the beginning, um, you know, I I did spend a lot of time thinking, you know, how is this going to work? I don't have any business skills, Um, you know, like what if my um, life situation changes, you know, um, what if I have kids, you know, all those kind of things, right? (laughs) Yeah, the what ifs, right. And, um, but I think everybody comes to a point where um, you just let that those thoughts stop, um, you know, sort of taking over you because to me, I felt like it feels like an, it's it's uh, you're procrastinating or it's an excuse out of something. And, um, you know, I just really had this desire of, you know, pursuing uh, something in fashion, or at least in the beginning, I wanted to, you know, kind of see, test it out sort of, you know, And, um, and once I started getting into it and I was like taking these classes and then I was putting the pieces together for my business, all those what ifs became sort of an afterthought. And I just told myself it was, it was going to work out, you know, and, um, you just, it's really important to have that positive attitude because if you have the negative attitudes, that's what stops you from moving forward. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so you just, you can't think of like, oh, what if the business is going to fail or what if no one's going to buy my pieces? These are all, uh, these are all fears for a lot of people. Um, but, um, again, if you're going to allow those, um, thoughts to interfere with what you really want to do, then yeah, you're going to be back to square one and you won't have anything done. So so I was, yeah, my, my advice would be to, you know, sort of put those negative thoughts aside and, and really focus on what you want to do and, and start doing it. And if, you know, if life circumstances changes, that's something that, again, that you have to deal with or, you know, but you take it as it comes. I guess that's my, that would be my plan. Um, and um, now I'm, wa- I'm and then, wondering, because you're, talk- you're oh, talking about like being positive and all that. Is there anything specific, Bhavna, that you do to just get like your mindset in the right place? Um, you know, like, do you invest any time in any kind of self-development or read or listen or whatever the case may be? Um, yeah, I try to listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, oh God, I forgot that one. Uh, I should have wrote wrote down the name, but it's a podcast where, uh, this gentleman interviews a lot of like the big companies. Um, I think it was how, how I made it. Oh, I, yeah, I I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name either. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But um, so, yeah, I listen to a lot of those podcasts because 
again, these are really big. Most of them, uh, most of the companies that he interviews are, you know, very large, but it really puts things into perspective, um, you know, as to what their journey was and all the obstacles and challenges they faced. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, it's like, it, it almost like seems like something worked out. Uh, in the end, not saying that it was just all luck, you definitely have to put your time and your effort, you know, and everything into it. Um, But again, it really puts a lot of perspectives, because, um, you know, some of them went through like the craziest challenges. And you're like, how did they, how did they even make (laughs) it after that? Um, So, so yeah, so I try to listen to those type of things. Um, Not much of I'm personally not much of um, a book reader. So I can't say too much um, for any book recommendations. Um, But and again, I think it's just um, a lot of, um, you know, browsing through social media, too. And um, just kind of looking to see what other businesses, other um, entrepreneurs have made, um, whether it Again, I think all those have stemmed from a passion that they have or something deficient in the market that they've seen, right? Those are probably the two biggest um, um, reasons why a lot of people start their own business. Um, and so those are the, those are the type of um, things that I sort of um, look to when I just need a break from my own stuff, because it sometimes gives me inspiration um, or an idea on how to market, you know, my own stuff or some other idea that I can incorporate, which is, which is kind of cool. So, and I love that you brought up listening to those stories, you know, of like the beginning, you know, the, the, the startup stories of all these companies, because most, whether it's a podcast, whether it's an audio book or an actual book, you know, people share their stories constantly. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for us to not just look at the fact that, Oh, wow. Like they're there and forget I don't know, unconsciously or purposely, I don't know why we do it, but we forget that they had to go through something similar and much more often something worse than what we're going through. And that's the only mm -hmm. reason they are where they're at. You know, it's not because they just like, you know, woke up one day and they were already at the top of whatever industry they've had to overcome a lot. And And what you were saying earlier, that it's not just luck. You're absolutely right. I think, you know, what happens when you work hard and you, don't allow any of the obstacles or doubts or insecurities to really hold you back is the fact that that work produces results and it might not do Mm -hmm. it overnight, but as long as you don't quit, like you can't fail if you don't quit, you know, the only time that we fail is when we're like, we give up, you know, which is what quitting is. It's kind of give up too soon. Right. And that's the biggest, I think, obviously I think, I don't think, there's one person who's like not scared of failing. Cause mm-hmm. if that was the case, then I don't think you'd be human, but <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a part of learning. And I think yeah. that's a, another thing for um, anybody who's thinking about, um, you know, uh, starting a business or, you know, has some entrepreneur entrepreneurial idea is that you cannot be afraid of failing. Um, because the worst thing is, I think for me was, is that if I did not, pursue this, or if I didn't try it, then I will, for the rest of my life, always think what would have happened if I didn't try. Yes. And I think that's the hardest question to ask yourself, you know, what if, like, what if I would have, Mm -hmm. you know, because to always have that thought, especially like in your case, because you've, you know, that was inside of you. And, and there was something missing because you, like, there was something, you know, you weren't created to, 
be a pharmacist or just a pharmacist you know there was something mm-hmm. more within you that was like trying to bust out of you and, right right and it's exciting yeah. when you do pursue it because obviously you've 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 gained that gratification of I tried it and like you said even if you fail it's like dang but I, I tried it you know I, I tried it but I tried it yeah and, and now exactly. I know as opposed to always wondering absolutely so yeah and I think too like um really quick like uh, you know again um, just personally for me, um, you know, again, I came from, uh, grew up in a multicultural, um, you know, uh, household. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was exposed to a lot of, uh, obviously Indian culture. And then, you know, I grew up in the States here. So I, I was also exposed to a lot of American culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so again, I think, um, everybody, uh, you know, for me personally, I took pieces of both of those, um, you know, cultures and that makes, that makes who, that makes up who I am, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, I'm just not a pharmacist and I'm just not, um, you know, a designer. There's just so much more that makes up a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's what makes, um, you know, you entrepreneurship even more like special and unique because a lot of those entrepreneurial ideas come from all the experiences that you face in your life and and, um, that you're exposed to. Hey, and the world needs to hear and needs to see what we want to create, what we want to say, what we want to do. And that's really the biggest encouragement I want people to take away from listening to your story, to all of the stories that I share is like you have this thing inside of you that is like trying to get out and it's like, let it, because even though there might be like 10 other people that are doing the same thing, they're not doing it. Like you can do it. Yes, absolutely. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Oh gosh. Thank you, Bafna, for your time. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I hope you truly enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. Make sure you rate the episode and the podcast. And also, make sure you leave a review. Thank you again so much for listening to Perfectly Imperfect.